we entreat you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, in today's epistle, St. Paul exhorts the Corinthians not to receive the grace of God in vain. Holy Church, year by year, desires that we hear this same instruction at the beginning of each Lent. Now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. St. Paul's exhortation should spur us on to making this year's Lent in the right spirit. Lent is a time of special grace. Let us therefore examine grace today and see how we ought to receive it. Grace, as we know from our catechism, is a supernatural gift which God in his goodness bestows on rational creatures for their eternal salvation. I do not wish today to preach on sanctifying grace, that permanent supernatural share in God's divine life that justifies and makes man a child of God and heir to heaven. The grace which I wish to treat today is actual grace, that is, a temporary supernatural act of God directed towards the spiritual power of man for the purpose of moving him to salutary action. It is a transient divine influence, enabling us to do good and to avoid evil, to enlighten our minds and strengthen our wills. Being creatures, it is impossible for us to do anything supernatural on our own. Our Lord tells us himself, without me, you can do nothing. The Second Council of Orange, held in the year 529, teaches, as often as we do good, God operates in us and with us so that we might operate. And this teaching was solemnly confirmed by Holy Church at the Council of Trent. These graces which God gives us may be interior, such as inspirations directly received from the Holy Ghost to do good works, to pray, a sudden enlightenment of the conscience. Or they might be external, as when a stirring sermon or the sight of a crucifix forces the sinner to earnest reflection and penance. In a word, everything is grace. St. Therese of the Child Jesus, shortly before her death, said, Everything is grace. Everything is the direct effect of our Father's love. Difficulties, contradictions, humiliations, all the soul's miseries, her burdens, her needs, everything. Because through them, she learns humility, realizes her weakness. Everything is grace because everything is God's gift. Whatever be the character of life or its unexpected events to the heart that loves, all is well. We have all been superabundantly blessed with actual graces of all kinds. The good example of others, exhortations from priests and lay friends, the warnings of our mortality provided by sickness and disaster, the grace to wake up and begin each day anew, the grace to have reached another Lent. But what profit have we drawn from them? Have we improved at all? Are we resolved to do better? God, in his infinite wisdom, has counted the graces he allots to each soul. He has ordered all things in measure and number and weight. So he numbers the flowers of the fields, 
the insects, the birds of the air, the very hairs on our heads. So also he numbers his graces, to some giving more and to some less, all for the purpose of spurring them on towards their salvation and all sufficient for each to attain that salvation. Unfortunately, many squander that grace, and so we receive this reminder each first Sunday of Lent. Many neglect the grace God sends. They heed not the voice of the priest, the minister of God in the pulpit. They do not seize the occasions of mercy, such as the season of Lent. They stifle the voices of their consciences, thinking their sins don't amount to all that much. They ignore holy inspirations to pick up the Bible or the works of great saints, to step into the church, to forgive someone who has wronged them. They close themselves to God's grace by thinking they can do it on their own, without any help from God, by the sheer power of their own wills. Such was the doctrine of Pelagius and has been condemned as heresy. Yet there comes a time when even God has had enough and will no longer send his graces if it is to be squandered. Such he did with Pharaoh. He warned against the neglect of his grace in the parable of the wedding feast, where the ungrateful guest without the wedding garment is cast out. He warns us in the parable of the barren fig tree. He warned the holy city, Jerusalem, what would happen if they neglected the moment of their visitation. And we now know that that unfaithful city was destroyed and became the abomination of desolation. So let us, then, beware. This Lent may very well be our last. It will certainly be the last for many thousands of poor souls throughout the world. To all it is given as a time of grace. Therefore, harden not your hearts. It is, an ab it is abuse of God's grace that precisely hardens hearts. Repeated abuse of grace renders the heart insensible to the gentle impressions of God's illumination and the visits of the Holy Ghost. God will withhold further graces, and final impenitence will follow with its accompanying eternal loss. Let us be pierced with the sight of our Savior on the cross, and so be impressed by the inestimable value of the slightest grace of God, which in his goodness he chooses to send us. Resolve to spend this Lent well, so as to make up for the past. If we profit by this holy season and make good use of God's grace, he will shower us with many more, and so lead us to that eternal Paschal Feast in our true homeland. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.